Lacey Alexander is a 21-year veteran of the United States Air Force. After retirement, Lacey spent six months of intentional work to transition from Senior Mass Sergeant Alexander to Lacey Alexander. Through coaching, self-reflection, and continuous learning, she was able to define her values and vision to launch her own business and refine her focus to live in her purpose. Lacey now operates her coaching, consulting, and leadership development business, Creative Solutions A to Z, focused on helping individuals and organizations succeed. Without further ado, Passing the Torch with Lacey Alexander starts now. Lacey, first and foremost, thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate you asking. How was the intro? I feel like that was a lot. It was, it's a mouthful. <laughs> it's it's uh, different sitting on this side of hearing your bio read, but yeah. I think it really captured what my goal and intention has been since retirement and how I'm trying to expand my reach to help people. I want to say thank you for your service. 21 years, that's such a huge sacrifice and commitment. How fast did that time fly by? It flew by pretty fast, actually. So when did you actually retire? I already know the answer, but it is a cool story, and I would love for you to share. But yeah, when did you actually retire? Uh, My retirement date was actually July 31st, 2020. So right in the midst of the global pandemic. What gave you that courage to retire? Because yeah, I mean, almost three years ago now, there was a lot of uncertainty. And a lot of people who were planning to retire ended up staying in because they were afraid of the uncertainty. But and you were stationed overseas at the time. But what? Yeah, again, what gave you that confidence to just go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to move on to the next chapter of my life? I think people say when you know it's time to retire, you know. And I reached that point where I felt like uh, a few things. My oldest daughter was transitioning to start high school. And I just knew that I wanted something different. I wanted to see what all of the experiences and and adventures that I'd been on would do on the other side. I also had like a, a really major life event happen that shift shifted my focus. And I just knew it was time for a change. So when the pandemic came down, when it hit after I had done the transition program, I was on my way out, all of the, the things were in motion, there was the option to pull back your retirement. And I pushed out my date because we were in Italy and, and stuck in Italy yeah. for a few extra months. Um, so I pushed back my date to be able to align with the country opening back up and us being able to fly out. But I knew that regardless, it was the right time for me. I appreciate you giving providing a little insight. Uh, I, I mentioned before we started recording recording that I had discovered you at a conference that I recently that we both attended. And shout out to Aaron Silver, host of Life After Uniform podcast. You were recently on the er, on her podcast, and I listened to it. Great episode, great podcast, and yeah. So after that conference, I researched you and found you that way as well. But one thing I did I want to ask you is I noticed that a lot of people struggle when they retire from the military simply because they lost their identity. How have you reinvented yourself and brought those different parts to your business? That's a great question because it's been a, a continuous process. And so when I did that 
podcast with Aaron was really early on in my transition and I was still in the thick of figuring out who I am. But one thing that definitely helped me is that when I did start terminal, we, you know, we moved back to America. It was me and my two daughters. Um, We moved into our house a week after starting terminal and completely changing our life. I started a coaching program, an executive coaching program. And the beautiful thing about becoming a coach is you have to be coached. And I had no idea how beneficial that process would be through those sessions to talk through things and and be able to just have the conversation. You know, for 21 years, I've been told these are the expectations. This is who I need to be. This is the box I need to fit in. And some of that didn't feel right in that entire time. Yeah. Um, some of that was was very hard for me because of some of the the things that I hold true to myself, my values. And so during that process, I was able to shed away a lot of those oughts and shoulds, I like to call them, that don't really align with who I want to be in this chapter. And through that process of discovering what my values are, what success looks like to me, uh, what, what I do well and how I can contribute to my purpose really gave me the confidence to walk forward and say, this is who I am in the world now. And it doesn't really matter what other people think because I'm aligning in that in that journey. I love that answer. And I can sense the pride and the confidence that you have. I love that you said in order to be a coach, you have to be coached. What's your advice to someone? Because you made a great point. The longer someone's been in the military, the more likelihood they had some type of leadership role or position. And it's hard for them to adjust because... Most likely, they've been the ones in the past who were coaching, and they may feel like that they know everything. So actually, this is going to be a two-part question. How important is it to be humble and do self-reflection? And the second part of that question, what are some tips or advice for people who want to be humble and do self-reflection, but don't necessarily know how? Those are great questions. So I want to say this in the kindest way possible. Yeah. <laughs> The rank or position that you held in your service doesn't really matter on this side. And and no space that I operate in do I even talk about that. And and I'll say for me, because I wanted to push myself out of my comfort zone and I went very corporate and higher ed, the minute I mention military, I can see people put me in this little box that they don't really know what to do with. So I've had to learn to revamp the way I communicate to say, you know, here's the things that I did. I led teams, multicultural and multinational teams. I did a lot of HR functions or marketing budgets, five-year plans. And I sometimes mention I did that while in the military. It depends on the environment. Now, if you operate in a space that is government, okay, so there are some differences there where that may play a role. But the sooner I was able to shed that identity. And, and a lot of my colleagues that are former military and turned entrepreneurs have the same mindset. The sooner they were able to shed that identity and figure out who they are, the more successful they've been on the side to say, you know, I'm, I'm just me now. And yes, all of those experiences made me who I am, created this, this wealth of knowledge and this perspective and this worldview, but I'm not... I'm not peaking after my military career, a term I steal for my daughter because she talks about people who peak in high school. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know what? Next time I get into like a verbal altercation with someone, I'm just going to tell them like, you peaked in high school, right? And just walk away. Like you peaked in eighth grade, just walk away. Shout out to your daughter. Yeah, it's a good one. And I think that in order to do that, there are a few things that I suggest. Therapy is major for people going through a transition. We talked about basketball earlier, but I remember when Dwayne Wade was retiring and he talked about how he and him and Gabby were going to go to therapy because their whole life was changing. His whole identity was changing. And so he wanted to be able to be proactive in that process and work through some of those things. So that was really instrumental. And then again, tying that coaching in, I I did that congruently, therapy and coaching to help me through that self-discovery process. So far, you're two for two. You're talking about basketball. So far, you're, you know, you're hitting all the threes and, and scoring all the baskets. Oh, I was going to say, I do have to tell you that I relocated to southern New Jersey right outside of Philadelphia for the Philadelphia 76ers. And the first thing I did when we got to America was get season tickets. I liked you before, but I like even more now. You know, we were talking before we started recording, we were talking about the Spurs and culture and just overall NBA. You really know your stuff. I love the stuff about Dwayne Wade because we were talking about culture again before we started recording. There was something about his presence in Miami. It was he added to the he built this culture. There was a total vibe. Him and Miami were one and the same. I don't know how to describe it. It's hard to, but once you can tap into it, it's very difficult to walk away from. And it stays with you. Actually, I have a colleague I went through coaching training with who does coaching for transitioning athletes, retiring NFL and NBA players, because imagine we wore the uniform for 20 plus years. Their journey started in childhood where they were identified by their last name. Their life was focused on the sport and the craft. And then when you walk away from that, it's hard. So there are many industries that the transition is a real thing. And you can think I'm prepared for it. I went to school. I had degrees and my resume was nice. I'm prepared for it. Not the emotional and mental aspect of that transition. You're making a lot of great points. And I want to segue because that leads perfect to what knowledge have you gained from people you've met during this journey? And you've already kind of tapped into it, but I'd like to explore it a little bit more. And when I say journey, I'm talking about post-military. Oh, great question. So I have a network of of people I met in that in that coaching program, and a few of I call I call them my ladies in particular. We connected, and I attribute a lot of my growth to them. And they are executives, VP of sales, HR, psychologists, like wildly successful women. marketing. And I got invited into this group because we connected throughout the course of our training. And initially I was like, uh, what am I bringing to the table? (laughs) That imposter syndrome is a real thing. Yeah. (laughs) And as we started talking, I realized one thing that we do really well in the military is leadership training. So in my network, you know, you're really good at marketing or you were really good at sales and you just get promoted. And they don't get that training unless they make the choice to go find it. So together we realized, we call ourselves the grand orchestra. We realized we are really like a medley of skills and experiences that can uplift and support one another. But I bring them up because when I, when I first started the coaching program, you know, simple things, I didn't even know where, and I said this 
to my class to ask them a question. I said, where do, where do regular people get things notarized? And they were like, what do you mean regular people? And I'm like, all of you, (laughs) (laughs) all of you are the regular people. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like your bank. I'm like, my bank's virtual. So what do I do? I had no idea. And, um, Fast forward a year later, a few of us met in Manhattan to go to dinner and they were like, you know, when you first joined class, you were like an alien to us, really. And now I would never even know that you had a different background than us. You're you're a completely different person. And so it was pushing myself in those networks and not just that group of ladies, but I did a lot of women's networking events. I joined an organization in Philadelphia that that focuses on social justice. So I pushed myself in all these realms and then just continued to learn and be open to life past the military. That's so true because even in the military, we don't even have to think about what we're going to wear every single day. We just want the uniform and go to work. And people will say, well, it only takes a couple minutes to get dressed. Well, that, that's not even a thought for us. It's automatic. I mean, we're saving two minutes every single day where Gen Pop, they have to think about what they're going to wear every single day. And that adds up over the course of a week. And and a lot of that adjustment for me was because I purposely separated myself. I'm not too far from from, uh, McGuire, Dix, Lakehurst, but I don't go out there often because I wanted to sit in the discomfort and figure out, you know, who I am in this chapter. I have some friends yeah. and I keep those connections. Um, those, you know, those people who became family to me, but I really wanted to push myself outside of that. And, and that's been a key factor in me figuring out who I am. That's awesome. On that note, whether actually I'm going to go back a little bit to your military career. How has a past military experience or a failure from your past military experience shaped and benefited you uh, today on this on this new path that you're venturing uh, on? That's a good question. So I would say when I look at my military career, I look at it very creatively. So I was services by trade for support squadron. And and I don't look at it in such a black and white view. Oh, well, we worked in food service or in a fitness center. No, I look more big picture. I uh, was running a business operation, supply chain, people management, budgets. Those things are what's really helped me to be able to connect to different industries and sectors where a lot of my clients come from media, healthcare, um, all across the board. But I can understand what they're saying because I've been able to translate the things that we think are specific to military to across the board industries. And then in addition to that, I had a really uh, impactful experience being an instructor for non-commissioned officer academy. Mm -hmm. And the curriculum that we taught there, some of it verbatim was what I did in my graduate degree. I used to tell my students, change management, you're welcome, because I paid $1,300 for this class, word for word for this class, and you're getting it for free. <laughs> and so I tr- started to pick and, and realize the pieces that would help me on this on this path. Um, but then I would just say the experiences in life. Leading is tough. Leading people is challenging. 
And if I can understand that in that context, you know, when I teach, I teach a, I'm in charge now what course for healthcare here in New Jersey. And imagine the stressors that they've already been through in these last few years. And now they're being put in charge of people. And this, this may be the only course that they have to lead. So it's being able to connect and relate and empathize with those experiences because we've been through those stressors. We've been pushed to our limits and, and had to think about other people. Um, and then, of course, along the journey, it gives me that perspective that I've had to learn a lot of hard lessons. Sometimes I say, I don't know how I survived 21 years because I was a boundary pusher. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned on, on this side, I am by nature a disruptor and, and even my philosophy for adult education is radical. And so I didn't fit into a lot of those expectations just by nature of who I am. But now I'm able to translate that to celebrate it. Okay, so this may be unconventional. I may be unconventional. But here's how I can be um, supportive in creativity or innovation or looking at the world in a different perspective. No, that's great. I can just picture Senior Master Sergeant Jackson just telling some full board colonel that they peaked during their freshman year in high school. I don't want to talk about those stories, but I have some. No, no. Some, <laughs> some of those, some of those similar lines, and I look back and I'm like, "What was I thinking?" <laughs> when you think about 21 years, 20 years of your life, two decades of serving, it's hard to put into words. You know, as you're saying that. Today I was reflecting because we're very close to New York. So this weekend I'm taking my daughters up to New York City and tomorrow we're doing the 9-11 Memorial. And then I have a friend that's a firefighter in Manhattan. We're going to go check out some of the events. And so it got me into this reflective mood of how it impacted our lives in service, but how it impacted their lives. You know, the sacrifice, the, I miss my oldest first, third, fifth, 10th birthday and the youngest is quite younger. So I didn't miss as much, but it changed their lives and they weren't even alive when it happened. And so just being able to, to realize the sacrifice and the dedication extends far past just us, the service members, the transition wasn't just me, their whole lives changed too. And everything that they know about our experiences dramatically changed. I want to transition to a much lighter note. How did you come up with the name Creative Solutions A to Z? What's the story behind that name? Uh, good question. It ties back to my daughters. For me, I felt like whatever I'm, I'm offering in coaching and teaching and leadership development, I want to come from a creative perspective and not, well, here's what you need to do to get to here. Um, but the A to Z is my oldest daughter's name is Amira and my youngest daughter's name is Zoe. And so it's not just that I offer a wide perspective of opportunity. It's, it's meaningful to me. That's beautiful. I love that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's good. Even on a much, much lighter note, you're definitely not going to be prepared for this question. You ready? I'm ready. If there's a movie made about your life, what would the name of that movie be? And two-part question. And the second part is, who would play you in the movie? Oh, I was definitely not prepared for that second part. Mm-mm. Um, what would the name of the movie be? I, I think the first word that comes into mind would be something along the lines of 
fluid, which sounds weird okay. off top, but I think that that defines my career um, and my life since then of being able to be more, uh, how do I explain this? If I look back from where I came from, uh, even even like my family and and how far I've come, a lot of it has been this uncertain, crazy journey that was undefined. And I wish I could have been more intentional about it, but because I was so fluid with opportunity or you know being pushed in certain ways, uh, my world opened up. You know, I'm the first person in my family to graduate high school. And college was so weird to my, I came in when t, uh, tuition assistance was only 75% and I would work in the morning. I went to community college and then I worked a second job to go to, to make money to pay for school. And my family was like, why would you do that? That's, you have a job. And, and my coworkers were like, you know, what if we need you? You might need to come in. And I'm like, I already worked all day. We're fine. It, it was just these brief moments where my worldview or potential opened up a little bit more. And then I went with the flow and I saw where it would take me. No, that's awesome. And then who would play me? Yeah. Who would play you? I know who would play me. Denzel Washington, of course, obviously. Uh, Obvi. (laughs) Um, I'll ask you another question, but we're not going to hang up and, uh, we're not going to end this conversation until I get a name from you. Okay. But uh, I'm going to hold you to that. If people want to find out more about you or Creative Solutions, what's the best avenue to do that? I think go to my website, www.creativesolutionsatoz.com. And there's a, a bunch of info out there about what I do, what my coaching looks like, courses that I offer, um, opportunities to reach out to connect through Calendly, just to talk. I always say the first 30 minutes is free. If you wanted to just pick my brain on what you could do, um, what opportunities there there are. Um, and then some of the things that I've done are also out there. Last question. And this is a bonus question. If there was a giant billboard message for everyone to see, so anyone that's stuck in traffic, they could see your picture with your words of wisdom, what would you want that message to say? Well, here in Jersey, we call it the turnpike. And if... I had a billboard on the turnpike. It would say, create the life you want, because that's what I try to do for my clients. Help them create the life they want. I love that. That's great. I actually have one extra question for you. Who would play you in the movie? You know, the first thing that came to mind is, as a kid, I was constantly told the sister in A League of Their Own, I think her name was Kit, is it Lori Petty? Yes. Wow. Okay. I, I, I would not have said that. Like, in my mind, I had an actress in mind oh, that who? I thought would play you. No, tell me who. Selma Hayek. Uh, Selma Hayek. Okay, I like that, too. But, I mean, <laughs> Selma Hayek and Lori Petty, we're talking, uh, I mean, opposite ends. Wow. Okay. I think it's because she was really rough around the edges, and I am as well. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how many people probably would have gotten Lori Petty. I don't know how many people actually would have known who she is. Like, no. you know, what was the other movie uh, she was in? Tank Girl. I think that's the one that solidified Tank Girl. it. That's exactly it. Yeah, and that might have been like her two movies. I think she might have had uh, 
I think I was like 13 when that movie came out, and I was probably the perfect demographic because she was kind of like the Polly Shore movie, you know, type stuff at that time. And uh, now I look back and like, what was I thinking? Um, <laughs> Have you seen yeah. the that trend? I'm a teenage dirtbag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think about um, some. I'm 40 years old, so I think about being a teenager. Uh, you know, throughout the mid 90s and everything, and uh, how different it was back then. And I'm I'm just so grateful we didn't have social media back then <laughs> because there's no evidence of my the way I looked or my shenanigans. Uh, same. Yeah, it's a different time. <laughs> same. <laughs> All right, everyone. That wraps up another episode of Passing the Torch. Thank you so much to my guest, Lacey Alexander from Creative Solutions A to Z. If you want to learn more about what she's bringing to the table, please check out her website. You can find all the information in the notes. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Please don't forget to subscribe. Remember, vision, relate, develop. Take care, everyone. Foster out.